Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit is rampant. Bullshit. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Welcome back to The Bullshit Filter. My name is Cameron Riley. Hi, I'm Ray Harris, and those words that you just heard were never more true. Don't take it anymore. I thought you... Meant the no. words where I said my no. name is Cameron. Riley. You should believe those two, like, but also the ones you're like, no, that no, came before. He really is. He really. Cameron I've Riley. seen him in person, but the ones before um, that. This is the first official episode of our kind of new mini, new series series thing inside the bullshit filler. Instead of doing a big uh, series arcs like we did the civil, Syrian civil war. And, and we see there's another gas attack. Uh, uh, I think it was in Gouda again yeah. um, this last uh, couple of days. Um, or, or our war on guns or the war on drugs. We, we did an experiment a week or so, two weeks ago maybe, where we just talked a little bit about some stuff that was in the news, contemporary news stuff, just one-offs. Um, we, I'm, I think we're going to call it Bullshit Filter the News. There you go. Um, once a week. On a Monday morning, my time, Sunday night race time, mm-hmm. uh, we're just going to grab a half a dozen stories that we've thought was interesting in the last week. We're just going to chat about it. No, no, no huge amount of research, no long history, story arcs, right. that kind of thing. Just gut reactions to what's going on in the world today. Because we had a lot of good feedback from the uh, pilot show that we did a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. A lot of people said, hey, do more of that. And uh, some people, you know, had some challenged some of the the, the, the assumptions or some of the uh, conclusions that we came to in the last show, and that's great yeah. too. I mean, we're happy for open dialogue and debate because honestly, we're not we don't have time to go down and do deep dive <laughs> right. on all of these things because we're fucking doing four <laughs> shows right. at the moment. Ray's doing a fifth. Yeah, um, I drink a fifth, and I have a job. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. and he's got a dog. <laughs> You know, a very you demanding, don't know what it's like right. when t- you've got a dog. Is don't Ray's get me started. Position. Exactly. So the big thing that's been on my mind in the last couple of weeks, yeah. Ray, um, I don't know how deeply this affects you, mm-hmm. but for me it was the uh, series finale of season 11 of The X-Files. I mean, that that really, really ruined my week. Really? Oh. Uh, yeah, I, look, I don't know if you, you, I know you're not. You're not an X Files fan, right? Like not, I am. not like you are. No, no. I'm on. I'm on, 90s, the, I'm on X- this side of normal. Please continue. <laughs> X Files was a big like a, a lot of of who I am today mm-hmm. is based on uh, Dana Scully. No, no, Fox Muller. <laughs> like the, questioning everything, right. Ray? I, I, you know, the truth is out there. That's basically my motto. Right. Um, I'm not so much I want to believe. I don't want to believe in anything. I I, I try and uh, find facts and and reach conclusions based on having data, having evidence, having facts to the best of our ability. Obviously, uh, always understanding that I have a tiny little primate brain. I'm not very bright. (laughs) 
and the, the, we're probably never going to get sure a hundred percent of the facts, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, but we do. You know, I, I've been having this debate a lot on Facebook recently about the whole Russia Trump collusion Mueller thing. I'm saying just all I want is some fucking facts. Uh, that's all. Right. Anyway, speaking. Of, but then, so the so season eleven of the X Files, the second season of the reboot. They were gone for fifteen years or so. They came back. Mm-hmm. Season ten was. Tragic and a disaster, except for maybe there's like one good episode. Um, this season, the first was was a car wreck. Then they cranked out like nine, eight, eight really good episodes. Nice. Everyone I thought was great, uh-huh. really, really, really great. Then they had the finale, which was ridiculous and stupid, and um, that's pretty much it. Gillian um, Anderson has said she's not coming back. Right. Uh, maybe it's just you know. She wants them to throw more money at her. Who knows? Yeah. But um, if you're an X Files fan like me out there, you know, well, I commiserate with you on the fact that uh, yet again, like Chris Carter did the first time around, he just shit himself in the uh, big finale. Like uh, he like like my son Fox the other night did a huge shit in his underpants. <laughs> Sitting two feet away from me, and I said, "Dude, why? Like he's we've just toilet trained him." Right. And I said, "What? Uh, why? Why, man?" And he said, oh, "I tried to run for the toilet and I didn't make it." I said, "No, you were sitting there. Though. I was you're sitting two feet away from me. He was running in his mind. There's no reason. Yeah. yeah, there's no reason. There's no excuse. I think, you know, I think when when you're in that sort of toilet training area era of your yeah. life, and you're not quite sure sometimes, like you're not totally cognizant because you've never had to think about it before your entire life you've just shit your pants and no one cared now all of a sudden people give a shit that you take a shit and yet your brain isn't quite awake it's like what 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 happened oh i just shit myself oh i guess i should have i should have done it what's that warm thing i think that's chris carter when he's doing x-files uh finales he just he just shits himself and then goes what oh shit maybe i should have asked somebody to for help um anyway well Getting on to the news. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, so I caught the last couple of minutes of the last episode, and yeah, that, that was that kind of... That would, that would, that would, but that would mean nothing to you. You don't... Well, I, I read some that, previews. You, you don't... I read some... <sighs> but the, the, the point yeah. is, the point I'm trying to... The question I'm trying to make is, um, what would you have done differently, or, or do you not like the oh, way they box themselves right. in for next year? There is no next year. Uh, That's my point. There's, I mean, if they do come back... And they come back without Gillian Anderson. Uh, fuck, forget oh, it. I mean, she. It's the chemistry. I mean, yeah. I mean, the show is about Mulder and Scully. They tried to do this in the original run back in the nineties when um, Duchovny right. left because he was too busy having sex with millions of groupies and doing lots of cocaine. I think. And and fair enough. Like, hey, if I was David Duchovny, that's why I became a podcaster. Well, exactly. <laughs> How's that working out for you? <laughs> so. I'm still building to it. I'm still anyway. Yeah. All I know is that yeah. the first couple of years of your life, or like the last couple of years of your life, you know, you think to yourself, you know what? If I just sit here and shit myself, they've got to change me. They're not just going to let me stay like this. And I think Fox is still realizing that. I'm very proud of him. Anyway, moving on to more serious yes. matters. What, what one thing I wanted to start off with because I've been seeing this a lot on my Facebook feed uh, of late. Well, first of all, we should talk about let's get rid of Facebook. Everybody, Um, uh, I I agree with a post I I saw yesterday. 
let's not try and fix Facebook. Let's replace Facebook. And I've quite frankly been expecting this for 10 years mm-hmm. now. Um, and I'm sort of shocked that we don't have a number of Facebook. Look, if I want to buy something online, there's a bunch of different places yeah. I can go. This is not just Amazon. I can go to Amazon, I can go to eBay, I can go to tons of different websites that, that, that will sell me shit that I need. There's some competition right. in online retail. If I want to read the news, there's not just one place. I might go to my Apple News app on my iPad. I might go to Google News to see the headlines. I can go to a million different websites to read the news. Why do we just have one big fucking social network? I know in, in China they have a different one, a couple, but... Why do we just have one in the Western world? Why don't we have a plethora of competition competing for this space? What kind of fucking dark backroom deals have been done in the last decade to ensure that we only have one? Why, Why isn't Silicon Valley, why aren't the venture capitalists investing massively in building competition to Facebook so we at least have two or three and then they can compete with each other in terms of not just the services that they provide, but also their approach towards how, how your data is used, how they handle security, those sorts of things. Had to keep each other honest. Yeah. Why, why hasn't that happened? I can only imagine that the vast majority of the venture capital community in the United States either has money directly invested in Facebook's prosperity and success right. – uh, either they got in early or they got in at the IPO uh, or they got in shortly thereafter so they've got money tied up in its success or they have big investments in companies that rely on Facebook's success, the Facebook ecosystems, so to speak, and they don't want to fuck with that. So they don't want to create any competitor products that could destabilize Facebook's dominance of the our social network thing. I mean, okay, forget Twitter. I'm not talking about – I'm talking about – Social network, as we think of Facebook, right. Twitter these days is really just a, you know, a, a news feed. It's not really a, uh, a true social network, I think, for most people. Yeah, I was reading that um, uh, Warren Buffett, I almost said Jimmy Buffett, but Warren Buffett, uh, Bill Gates and some other... It's his brother. His brother, his brother from another mother. Um, and some others are going to start their own, and I don't know what exactly to call it, healthcare service, something to compete against the government and, um, and because obviously the government's lacking on trying to come up with something that people can, something besides um, the Affordable Health Care Act. So yeah, again, there's this, um, there's obviously a need for health care. There's a need for another social media and the fact that no one has done it in years really does speak because you're talking about the United States. There's tons of money. There's tons of talent around. Why hasn't somebody come up with something? There's got to be a specific reason for that. And I, and I think you, you, you touched on it there. I mean, I I understand the network effect, right? It's it's the bigger your network gets, the harder it is for people to hack into it. Like there is a an open source social network, Diaspora, that launched in 2010. Um, I joined it in 2010, not long after it it launched, mm-hmm. because way back then I didn't like Facebook. I wanted to find an alternative to Facebook, and I wanted to support these guys. Um, and nothing really happened. Pe- people didn't join. So a social network that people aren't on is is just you, really. Right. It's not a social network. It's it, that's pretty much my life. It's just me sitting in a room, talking in, talking to imaginary people in a microphone, right? 
Um, I don't know that anyone's listening. In fact, I'm not even sure you exist. Right. But you could be comp- an, a, a complete delusion. Maybe I'm actually not even in my office. Maybe I'm sitting right. in a in a mental health clinic somewhere, <laughs> tied tied down <laughs> with a gag in my mouth. That's how I picture you. Um, I'm on some you know antipsychotic drugs, and I'm imagining right. that I'm a podcaster talking yeah. to you. I could be in a coma, imagining. Yeah. That I'm wow. talking to you. How, how would I know? Yeah. How would I know? Well, okay. See? You're absolutely right. Full confession. I'm a giggle bot. I'm a Russian giggle bot. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've never I've never actually met you in real life, except for those few times that I had. <laughs> um, what? I'm not... <laughs> I don't know that was really you. That's a good point. I mean, I've... I've point. met people who've claimed to be Ray Harris, right. but how do I really know That's a good point. that they were Harris? And again, I could have imagined all of that in a coma. I could be in a dream. This whole thing could be a dream. You know, when you go to sleep and you dream, yeah. it's like a whole whole world exists and, and months go past in that dream and then you wake up and you go, oh, shit, that was a dream. Maybe I'm having one of those dreams right now and uh, the, 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 the periods when I think I'm awake is just – an illusion. It's me dreaming. It's a dream. I'm dreaming gotcha. that I'm awake. Gotcha. Anyway. Right. I was going somewhere with that. What was I talking about before that? Oh, Facebook. I saw on Facebook. A lot of the, there's this thing about political correctness. I'm seeing a backlash against political correctness. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, do you know who Jordan Peterson is? I don't know. No, who is that? Yeah, this guy, he's sort of very, very popular author at the moment for a particular set of people. Um, I'm guessing mostly um, white men who are feeling that their uh, masculinity is being threatened. Ah, um, right. He's a Canadian uh, clinical psychologist, uh, professor of psychology at the University of Toronto, uh, he's written a couple of books, but uh, his most popular current book is 12 Rules of Life, An Antidote to Chaos, which came out in January this year. Hmm. Um, and uh, and he seems to be very popular in, in a certain crowd, as I said. Right. Um, angry white, angry white men is probably um, how I would uh, depict them, just from what I've seen. Yeah, um, you know the 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 twelve rules. If you want to know them, uh, so save you having to read the book. Number one: stand up straight with your shoulders back. All right, doing it. Uh, number two: treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping. I can't do that. Uh huh. No, I think oh, yeah, I, I think that's. Reasonable, I guess. Make yeah. friends with people who want the best for you. Hmm. I don't understand. I don't understand this whole making friends concept. What's that? Yeah. Four. <laughs> compare yourself to who you were yesterday, right. not to who someone else is today. Okay, that's reasonable. Yeah. Number five. Do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. Oh. Well, I got a three-year-old <laughs> who shits in his undies from time to time. Um, I've tried to stop. I dislike it. I dislike him a lot when he does that, if, particularly if I have to clean it. If Chrissy's here and she has to clean it, I don't care. But if I have to, it, it, in fact, it, when he does it, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I feel a bit jealous, really. Like, I wish I could do that. <laughs> well, you, um, you could, but yeah. 
I wish this, this is no one who would clean no, it. No, um, Unless you were here. Um, <laughs> All I, right. I need to get you over here. Uh, number six, set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. Ooh, borrowing from the Bible or something. M- moat in my eye or something. I don't know. Number seven, pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. I agree with that one. That's yeah. what we do. Yeah. I had a big conversation with somebody the other day about that, about uh, some of us that choose to do things that we think are meaningful versus just try and get paid as much money as we can. Right. Um, Which one are and, we? You know, if you can... Yeah, the... the well. The, set, the the meaning f- meaningful. meaningful. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. We, we, we tell dick jokes on history podcasts because that <laughs> meaningful. Has, has meaning. With my shoulders back. Number eight. Uh-huh. Yeah, tell the truth or at least don't lie. Mm, I prefer disagree with that one. I prefer the, the Tony Montana <laughs> approach. I always tell the truth even when I lie. <laughs> That's my... I should write my own book with the 12 points. Well, I follow the, Number nine. Hold on. I follow the George Costanza rule. It's not a lie if you believe it. If you believe it. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> Number nine, assume that the person you are listening to might know something you don't. Mm. I always assume that. That's a good one. I yeah. like that one. Right. No, I do. Yeah, yeah. I know you do. Uh, well, yeah. No, I no, actually I don't. Me, but... No, I lie. I always assume the people I'm talking to are idiots. <laughs> Who might but I hope, stumble, right? Yeah, no, no, I hope I meet somebody who's not an idiot from time to time. That's my dream, is just to meet people that aren't idiots. Um, Who was the last non-idiot? Ha- I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Don't, worry. Don't worry about it, because right now you're pissing off a whole bunch of people. Who just recently talked to you? That son of a bitch! That son of a bitch! Hey, no, 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 Wait. no, no. See, here's <clears throat> people who you know our fans who come to our things. I always like because people who listen to our show <laughs> are smart and and don't like hang uh, turn it off after three minutes and then go to YouTube, <laughs> iTunes, and write <laughs> write a Fuck write ass. an angry right. review. You know, I, I, I'm going to like that. They're, they're obviously intelligent uh, people good that have got a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't know about well the bit, uh, but <laughs> they, you know, they're, they're my kind of people. They, if they can listen to our stuff and keep listening to it, they obviously right. are like us. So right. they're okay. Like minded. No, I don't know. No, look, but in all seriousness, um, I'm always looking to meet people I can learn stuff from. Because, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nerd, You're man. I want to learn shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a sponge. I want to learn shit. I want people to tell me why I'm wrong. Right. Um, unfortunately, you know, just most people can only talk about f- f- sport. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. Cheating at it. cricket. And, TV, yeah. and, yeah. and d- dumb TV shows. X-Files is not a dumb TV show. Well, yeah. actually it is. No, 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 no. If you just looked at the finale, it is. But, but outside of that. So anyway, be precise in your speech is number 10. Mm-hmm. Um I try to do that. Uh, I think that's a good one. Um, number 11, do not bother children when they are skateboarding. <sighs> okay. Number 12, pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. I think he was – I think he'd Stone. agreed to call the book with his publisher 12 <laughs> and then he got to 10 <laughs> and he, he kind of Stone. ran out of ideas there at the end. He's thinking, he's do, thinking, a cat goes by. Oh, hi, kitty, kitty. <gasps> Do not yeah. masturbate <laughs> with a cheese in a car grater. park. Oh, right, right. <laughs> <With a cheese. laughs> 
Anyway, so you read those and they sound quite reasonable. And nothing wrong with any of those. Right. Um, they, they're very reasonable. In fact, a little bit boring. I mean, this isn't... Uh, uh, quantum mechanics right. here. Yeah, no, this is pretty pretty basic stuff, which is fine. We, we need to be reminded of the basics yeah. all the time. I've got no problem with that. But... Um, you know, I get a lot of. I don't. I don't know what else. I've seen one or two, and I haven't read the book, and so I know next to nothing about him. <clears throat> I've seen a couple of um, interviews with him on YouTube, and uh, he seems a little bit arrogant. But I, I mean, but who am I to call anyone else arrogant? Um, he, he sounds all right. Yep. Um, I, 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 he'd be the kind of guy I think I could sit down, and have a have a have a beer and a chat with. I think it'd be okay. A bit like when Richard Carrier and I had a chat on the show. You know, it was actually okay. We're we're both fairly arrogant pseudo-intellectuals. Well, he's a real intellectual. I'm a pseudo-intellectual. Mm-hmm. But we got along okay. You know, we, we had a good, good old chat. But here's the point. <laughs> I can't go into this thing. But the point is I've seen a lot of stuff on Facebook from white men bitching and moaning about political correctness. Oh, it's all, you know, attacking my freedom of speech and... And it's also the triggering thing. They, they, you know, oh, fuck people who say they're triggered by this or that or the other. It's uh, they're trying to dampen my freedom of speech. Political correctness. I, I, I think Jordan Peterson, this is where I came, why I'm talking about mm-hmm. him. I think something about um, refusing to call transgender or cisgender people by the new terms they're coming up with. Uh, you know, right. his or her or... I don't think it's it's. Pronouns. I'm not sure what the system. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I don't follow it that closely, so I don't exactly even know what they're complaining about. But here's my thing. I was talking to Chrissy about this over dinner last night. Look, I am as anyone who listens to our shows know, as you know, right? Mm-hmm. I am definitely not the world's most politically correct person. I know. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a holier than thou political correct lefty. Right. Um, but that said, like when I'm talking to you, um, I, I I might call you my little nigger. Um, and as an American, you would be shocked, and mm-hmm. Chrissy would be shocked. A lot of right. Americans would be shocked because um, you don't use that word. My position on that word is I don't use it to refer to a black person. And I certainly wouldn't use it in front of a black person. Not because of political correctness, though. Just because I'm not a cunt. Right. It's D-back, right? <laughs> D-back there, all there. the way. It's just D-back. It's, it's, or if you, <laughs> uh, it, it, for those of you unfamiliar with D-back, that's our, that's our, basically our motto in all of our history shows. Just don't be a cunt. Yeah. That's all. Like, it's about just being... Uh, a reasonable human being. It's it's about. It's not about limiting your freedom of speech. It's about just being uh, 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 decent. Yeah. Okay. Don't deliberately say something that you know is going to offend people or upset people. But here's the caveat: mm-hmm. unless you have to. See, I have no problem with offending people, as you know. Um. Uh, this is the analogy that I used um, with Chrissy last night. If I go to Utah, where Chrissy's from, mm-hmm. and I'm around her family, who are mostly active church-going Mormons, I am not going to stand up in the middle of uh, the living room or, or, or stand up at the table right. 
in a, in, in a room full of Mormons and say, Joseph Smith was a pederast who just wanted to fuck lots of women and he invented polygamy as a way to get around that, to, to get to get a lot of pussy. Right. No. I'm not going to stand up and launch into that conversation. However, if they bring up religion as they want to do because they're Mormons. Sure. And Mormons just, that's all they ever want to talk about. Whatever the fucking Utah basketball team did that week and Mormon and, and, you know, their Latter-day Saints religion. Right. I'm happy to say those things. In a conversation, if they bring it up, I say, "Well, actually, I think Joseph Smith just was a pussy hound, and uh, you know, he lied to his wife about getting a message from God because he wanted to fuck other women." She and if they then it. turn around and yeah. say, "I'm offended by that," I'm going to go, "Well, that's your prerogative. I'm, I'm just being honest. I think that's what right. actually happened. I, I don't care if you get offended." Uh, if if uh, I'm just being honest. But that's not your and goal to offend. Right, right. Exactly, yeah. right? I mean, I, I'm not going to dance around it. It's it, it, and, and Christians, I think, and, and Jews when it comes to Israel and uh, uh, um, Americans in general, you know, if you criticize Americans, America's geopolitics or, or gun, stance on gun control or healthcare or whatever, you know, certain kind of American, as you well know, mm-hmm. loves to say, how dare you, sir, speak of my country like that? <laughs> um, don't know why they do it in a upper-class <laughs> British accent, but fuck. Uh, what do I know? So people love to get offended. It's yes. kind of a way, saying I'm offended is, is, um, is kind of a, yeah, it's a way of avoiding a conversation that you're uncomfortable with, I think. So I guess what I'm saying is, I don't. I, I don't think we should go out of our way to offend people. Um, uh, uh, but that said, um, there's, I, I'm not going to. I think being offended is okay. Yeah. It's not going to kill you if you're offended. And, and it's the same with media. Like we were talking, Chris and I were talking last night about comedians. What can comedians say and not say on stage? Right. What can you have? I read this thing yesterday. Um, Richard Carrier actually posted it on Facebook. Molly Ringwald, mm-hmm. um, who our generation knows as the um, – I never thought she was that pretty. Very average-looking redhead from uh, Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Pink Candles yeah. and The Breakfast Club, John Hughes films. Right. She um, posted a, an article the other day in Vanity Fair or something talking about recently re-watching – those films with her daughter and how she was shocked in, in the spirit of the Me Too movement, shocked by some of the things that 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 are in the film. And, and my sense of what she was saying is that she still loves those films and she's glad she was part of them and she loves John Hughes, but there's a lot of things that she finds horrible and offensive mm. and that she opposes in the films. Um, and that and and the the insinuation is that John Hughes shouldn't have put them in there. But hey, it was the eighties, and we were we were less. It was different times. Measures. Yeah, I mean, you can't take but, the standards from one generation and judge, you know, something for in a different time. It just doesn't work that way. Things were different, and the standards, like you said, were very different in the eighties. Well, no, I think you can do that. I, I I, I'm more than happy to say. Mm-hmm. People were a bunch of cunts back then. I mean, I have no problem with judging people if they were cunts. 
they did bad shit. But here's my point. I mean, I, I actually don't think that's even the issue. Like, so she, one of the examples she was using is there's a scene in The Breakfast Club mm-hmm. where um, Bender, uh, who was the actor who played Bender? Was he the athlete? Which one? No, the the bad boy. Oh, Judd um, Nelson. Judd Nelson. Okay. Yeah. yeah, good, good one. Thank good you. One. Um, where he jumps underneath a desk to hide under Molly Ringwald's desk to hide from the teacher, and he looks up her skirt and and maybe even touches her on the pussy or on the thigh or something. Right. I, I don't think we see we don't see the touching, but we see her facial reaction, right. her jump or something when he's under the desk. And, um, you know, the suggestion was that was appalling, that was horrible, that he would do that. We, should, we shouldn't have that on the film. Or maybe that her reaction should have been different and she should have, you know, kicked him in the face and screamed and, 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 or, or whatever. Right. So the, the, in her article, she's suggesting that that is a horrible thing to put on film. But, but my reaction to her article was like, well, hold on. Did anyone think that Bender was a good guy? That, I didn't. That was he the whole was, point. He was, yeah, right. He was, a, he was, he was broken. We, we find out during the course of the film, spoiler alert, if you've never seen it, <laughs> that he's got a, a violent, abusive father who yeah. puts out his cigarettes on the kid's skin. Um, he's, he's a bad boy. He, because he's broken. Right. Uh, and in fact, they're all broken. Uh, all of the all of the kids in the room are broken in one way, shape, that's or form. The point. That's the whole, yeah. That's the point of the fucking movie. They're all broken. They've all got shit going on in their lives, um, and they they start off in the film, sort of uh, uh, judging each other and judging what they've been through. And then by the end of the film, you realise, you know, it's all relative. It doesn't matter if what you think yeah. if if you think what you've gone through is worse than what somebody else has gone through. It's just all relative, and people are going through shit. And maybe we should understand what people are going through before we judge them. Right. And that's kind of the message of the film. I think it's a good message. But my point is that showing Bender doing horrible things in the film isn't endorsing those horrible things. Right. It's a demonstration a of his character. Bag. Exactly, exactly. He had a jean jacket and his collar was up. He's going to do something bad. <laughs> I mean, and, come on. And everyone was bad in it, except maybe the uh, um, the janitor, I think. But the, the teacher, Paul Gleason's character, yeah. um, was bad. They, the jock, Emilio Estevez, was bad. The, the girls were bad. In yeah. the, they were all bad. I mean, right. all of John Hughes's films, yeah. including Planes, Trains and Automobiles and, and Mr. Mum that he wrote, did direct, all these films, they're all showing horrible people, particularly the teenage ones. They're all saying, you know what? Teenagers are fucking horrible. They are. They're, they're, heartless. they're a mess. Yeah. They're heartless, full of hormones. It's a difficult period. They're horrible. Um, fuck teenagers, basically, and and as right. a teenager, you watch, you go, yeah, teenagers suck, man. Like, <laughs> right? They do. So I don't. So this whole idea that we shouldn't have that in a movie, that our art shouldn't contain things that are horrible or wrong or bad, I think is is mistaken. Now sh- we shouldn't glorify those things maybe right but even then i'm i'm not going to judge art i mean if art let's say somebody makes a movie and does glorify horrible things mm-hmm. 
um, people doing horrible things. I mean, we, we, I mean, and we kind of get this from the eighties as well. We have the Stallone movies or the Schwarzenegger movies or the Bruce Willis movies where they're going around and yeah. there's a killing a million right. people. Yeah, um, they must be bad because they had slanty eyes, or they must be bad because they had a Russian accent. Um, I mean. I think those are opportunities for discussion. Art, even art that's horrible, that, that endorses horrible things that you might think is horrible, which is a subjective mm-hmm. uh, position to take in the first place, it's an opportunity to, to discuss that. Okay, is, that, uh, uh, um, is Rocky IV uh, um, an even and accurate portrayal of the American-Soviet dynamic? <laughs> right. It's meant to be an are people, entertaining. Are yeah. people necessarily evil just because they're Soviets? Right. Um, yeah. Sorry, you were going to say? No, no. J- just that. I mean, at some point, you, you, people just go too far. This is, you know, something like Rocky Four or the the movies back then. This is this is just a snapshot of the time. It's meant to be entertaining. It's a guilty pleasure, or whatever. There's not a lot of deep thinking going on in the Rocky. You know, he he wins. It's emotionally satisfying for someone to try and dig something more out of that than what it's intended. I think it's just going a couple of steps too far. Yeah. So getting back to the political correctness and the triggering thing, listen, I would endorse everyone, just don't be cunts. Yeah. Really? Deep back your life. If you, if you are aware that, that, that calling somebody a certain name or, or by a certain title or talking about a certain event is going to upset the person you're in front of, deeply upset them, and you don't have to talk about that, then don't do it. Like, why would you deliberately do that to be a cunt? If, however, you do need to say it, you do need to talk about it, knowing that they will get offended, then by all means, go ahead and do it. If, if, there's, an abs- if there's a need there because something needs to be said, mm-hmm. feel, f- feel free to do it. Um, and alternatively, if you... Inadver- I think what a lot of people worry about is they're going to inadvertently say the wrong thing. Oh, it's getting so complex yeah. these days. I don't know what to call people. Don't worry about it. Just do your best. And if you inadvertently upset someone and they go, hey, you can't call me him. I'm not a him. I'm an it. Right. You go, I'm, well, I'm sorry. I, I really had no idea. Please accept my apologies. Yeah. And from now on, I will try and remember to call you it. Um but I may forget because I've got 47 yeah, years of calling people who look like you a him. Right. So I will t- do my best to try and change my uh, internal models, my programming. Um, uh, but what I ask of you, it, is that you acknowledge the <laughs> fact that I've got 47 years yeah, give me some time. Of, of acting one way. It's going to take some time to reprogram myself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, like my son Fox has got... His entire lifetime of shitting in his pants, all of a sudden I'm telling him he can't do it anymore. It's going to take some... I, I recognise it's no switch that can be flipped here. It's going to oh, take some time I wish. for his programming. Right. <laughs> hey, I've been working with you for four years now. I know what it's like to work with people who shit their pants on a regular basis. Uh, <laughs> and you're very compassionate about it. I appreciate that. I accept you as you are, Aww. Ray. Thank that's, you. That's, that's the definition of love, when you accept people exactly. as they are. Exactly. 
Don't... Moving on to other news, yeah. uh, getting back to the Russia thing. So, you know, this poisoning incident um, in uh, England. Right. In L- London town, London. Uh, the Skirples, I think there's the name of the uh, father and daughter. Mm-hmm. Skirple, Scripple. Um, Scripple, uh, yeah. Scri- scri- I think it's Scripple. Scripple, Scripple, yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. The Scripples. So from the very get-go, um, they the, the, the whole story uh, has been that they were poisoned by the Russians. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Russians are bad, and and Vladimir Putin's behind it, and obviously for some reason, I don't really understand uh, why he would want to do that. I know that um, Scripple, so the father, right, is, is is a former Russian, I think, a spy and double agent. Um, mm-hmm. Well, he was accused right. of being a double agent. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and so they're supposed to have, the Russians are supposed to have tried to kill him. Now, it happened just a, a week, a few days, something before the Russian election, mm-hmm. um, where Putin was running for his um, 75th uh, term as president. <laughs> Supposedly his last, according to yeah Constitution or whatever, but we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, constitution. Yeah. Uh, I use that term loosely. <laughs> loosely, yeah. So does he. It's written in pencil. Um, so, uh, immediately the, the media narrative was that the Russians did it. And the Russians came back, of course, and said, we didn't do it. Um, and, and the entire world's media, well, the Western world's media has said that they did. Um, until, uh, I think it was last week, April 4, April 3rd, when um, Porton Down, the British laboratory that looks at poisons, and we've talked about them before when we were talking about um, Syria, mm-hmm. and Porton Down was supposed to be figuring out where the nerve gas that was used in the attacks in Syria uh, came from. Right. Um, the The... Head of Porton Down said that the precise source of the poison used on the scripples last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, la- sorry, last week he said the precise source couldn't be identified. Um, whereas the the media and particularly British politicians like uh, Boris Johnson had previously said um, they had absolutely categorical proof that it had come from the Russians. But then Theresa May walked that back. I, I just want to throw this in real quick because, like I think, like a lot of people, she mentions Russia. She does it with absolute conviction in her voice. But if you look at the words of her statement, it, w- it was very, um, it was very telling. She just said, "Mr. Speaker, on Monday I set out that Mr. Scripple, Scripple and his daughter were poisoned with Novichoke. I don't know how to say it. A military grade nerve agent developed by Russia." What she didn't say, and, I, and I'll stop after this because you you got a whole thing, I'm sure. This was developed by Russia 30 years ago. The formula for it's been out for 10 years, and they have no absolute proof that this came from Russia. She was just saying it was developed by Russia some time ago, but that supposedly was, was supposed to be enough to say, de facto, the Russians did it. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the only... Th- 
thing I want to point out to people here, and again, this has been my um, position on the whole ramp up um, of tensions with Russia over the last couple of years, um, you know, predates the whole Trump thing. It mm-hmm. goes back to when they um, walked into the Ukraine. Um, is you, you, you have to be really careful um, when you're reading Western media, uh, particularly at this juncture about Russia, um, because they're, the, the war drums are beating. And we've seen this many times in the past, um, whether it's with North Korea or it's with Iran or it was with Saddam mm-hmm. um, or it was with uh, Assad or, you know, going right back in the Cold War, etc. and before that. We know that the, the media lies to us about things or, or if it doesn't outright lie at times, it... It, it makes it seem like the truth is self-evident and the and, and ah. that the conclusions have been reached. Mm-hmm. And it does that in a variety of ways. It's about mostly what it focuses on, what angles uh, it focuses on, and how it reports on stuff. Um, like let's let's take the um, this the the scripple um, and and uh, Novichok stuff. Mm-hmm. The mainstream media in the West f- has tied Russia to this from the get-go and, and faithfully reported what's coming out of politicians' mouths um, in the UK and the US in particular. <clears throat> what the media should be doing, in my opinion, is leading with headlines that say, listen, let's not jump to any conclusions here because there could be a whole bunch of actors and a whole bunch of reasons why those actors would want to point fingers at Russia right now. Mm-hmm. So let's let's be very careful before we jump to conclusions. Let's wait until we have a sufficient body of independence, uh, independence body of data mm-hmm. um, that has been independently verified by uh, neutral parties. Uh, before we start pointing fingers, before we start assigning blame, and Jeremy Corbyn, but that's not what the that's not what the media does. Right. And Jeremy Jeremy Corbyn did say pretty much what you just said right there. He was vilified in the press. Uh, he they called him a communist. They called him in league with with Putin. The whole nine works just because he said, "Look, this is very serious. I mean, this is two countries maybe potentially going to war or whatever. Let's slow down. Let's." not do anything until we have the facts. And that was enough to get him lambasted in the press. Yeah. And that's what happens. And, and that, that same exact same thing happened in the lead up to the invasion of Iraq in 2003. Mm-hmm. Anyone, anyone who came out, and, and there were cases of this in Australia, in the UK, and the US that I'm aware of, scientists uh, and... and um, uh, like diplomats and 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 spies, intelligence operatives, that came out and said, "Hold on, we are fairly certain that Saddam doesn't have weapons of mass destruction." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in fact, six months ago, a year ago, we we were pretty certain he didn't have uh, any. Uh, and no, there's no evidence that's come out in the in the intervening period to to change our view on that. 
And these people were attacked mercilessly right. by politicians and by the media. And, there, and, and in fact, one of them, a guy in, in the United Kingdom, I know, committed suicide or was killed, depending on who you believe, <clears throat> as a result. Um, and so uh, the, these people get just destroyed if they question the narrative. And, and the fact that that sort of attacking happens... Is an in, should be an indication, should be a yeah. warning sign something's that something's not right. Right, exactly. Something's going on. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Yeah, like when 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 you challenge somebody's uh, uh, data or somebody's view on something, and they immediately start screaming and ranting and throwing things at you, you know you're not dealing with a sane person, right? You, right. Because you, you should be able to have a reasonable uh, conversation. As long as you're being reasonable when you challenge them, go, I'm not sure that uh, that stacks up. Um, so that's not what happens, and and uh, you, you got to be uh, uh, you got to be um, a little bit cautious here. And I see this happen uh, all the time too. Like people attack me directly when I say wait for evidence. There's particularly a number of guys that that stalk me on Facebook. That if I say anything like this, they're, they're, I know, I, right. before I even fucking hit send, I know that they're going to be the first guys in <laughs> yeah. there basically accusing me of being a Putin lover, of, of licking Julian Assange's balls, um, of, 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 you know, letting Trump finish on my chest. Um, <laughs> Are you cheating on me? <laughs> well, it's not cheating if, if you don't believe it is. That's true. Um, That's true. Paraphrase George Costanza. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and... And they'll accuse me of all sorts of things. And, and like, they're, oh, well, you know, you believed everything that Fidel Castro ever said. Why don't you believe the fucking American intelligence? And I have to keep repeating myself over and over again. I don't believe anybody. I don't believe Putin. I don't believe Trump. I don't believe Corbyn. I don't believe Theresa May. I don't believe anyone. Right. I assume always that everyone is lying to me about something some of the time. Because they have a reason to be lying. And- yeah. And because we, you and I study history, right, we know that the sinking of the Lusitania, the, the, the excuse for the, the US to get involved in World War I, mm-hmm. the way it was portrayed in the media, was a flat-out fucking lie. We right. know that now. Uh, we didn't know that for certain for like 50 years, but now we know it was, it was a lie. The Lusitania was, as the Germans said at the time, carrying weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or ammunition, at the right. least. Yeah. yeah, the Gulf of Tonkin, um, the, um, the American excuse to ramp up its involvement in Vietnam. We now know was a fucking lie. The 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 Kong didn't fire on 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 American ships. Mm-hmm. At least they didn't fire first. Right. So we know we've been lied to over and over again. We know the weapons of mass destruction. We were being lied to with Saddam. This happens. We know that the Americans um, were lying about uh, Mossadegh in Iran in the middle of the 50s mm-hmm. and, and yeah, that he was doing deals with communists and all this. Kind of, we know they fucking lied to us and the media got on board with the lies. And again, America admitted to that 50 years later. Right. They finally admitted to it. So- we know we're being lied to by the government, by the media, at least some of the time. Um, <clears throat> so what, what do you do in that situation? Like somebody, a friend of mine who is an Aussie but lived in America for a long time, 
was challenging me on Facebook about this recently and saying, well, we can't afford to wait for 50 years for the truth to come out. We need to we need to take a position right now on, let's say, mm. on the Trump-Russia thing. And my position is, do we? Really? Yeah. Do why? you? How? Why? Exactly. How is it going to change? Okay, let's take you as an example, Ray, because mm-hmm. you're an American and you vote Damn right. sometimes. Um, do you need to take a position on whether or not there was collusion between Trump and Russia? If let, How is it going to change what you do in the future? Yeah, it's not going to change anything. It might stroke my own ego, but it's not going to affect the world as I know it. That's my position. I, I can't see how it would. People say, well, if I know, if let's say you knew categorically. Right. <laughs> I knew it. That, that Trump and Putin had colluded to help Trump win the White House. So what are you going to, what, what does that mean you're going to do differently tomorrow? Yeah. Are you going to go and assassinate Trump? No. Uh, what are you going to do that you wouldn't do? Either? You might say, well, I'm not going to vote for him again. Well, <laughs> did you vote for him in the first place? If you did, then you've got bigger fucking problems. <laughs> um, there, there are there are a thousand reasons not to have voted for Donald Trump that, that have nothing to do with him colluding with Putin. Uh, you might say, well, I'm going to be more sceptical of, of, of ads that I see in Facebook in future. Really? It takes you that for you to be sceptical of, of, of advertising, right. really. Uh, you're going to be more sceptical of what you see in the media? Well, good, but you should have been sceptical already. Like, you should, you should have been sceptical for the last 30 fucking years. Uh, it, this shouldn't change to any great degree what an individual does tomorrow. You say, well, the CIA and the FBI should uh, do something differently or the... the I don't know. Yeah. The fucking Senate should impeach him. Okay, but you that's got nothing to do with you. Right. You have no power over the, those things. What what reason is there for you to take a position until you have data? You're just buying in to jump to a conclusion before there is sufficient evidence presented to you and verified by uh, an independent neutral body. Mm-hmm. You're just buying into the the fucking shitstorm the that they're creating. Yeah, exactly. It's a distraction. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, look at the other stories uh, that I thought was interesting in the last week. And I'm sorry that these are all American-based mostly, but, well, poisoning one, not so much. Um, Israel shooting a whole bunch of protesters. Mm-hmm. Um did you uh, catch that story? I, uh, I, I tried to research it a little bit. Uh, they're doing the March of the Return, obviously protesting the Israeli occupation. This is supposed to go on for six weeks. And I, I, to be honest with you, I'm torn. I mean, who owns the land? Who has the true rights to the lands? Everybody in that area has committed human rights violations. Israel has. Turkey has. I mean, they, they've all done it. Netanyahu and Erdogan going at each other. Uh, It makes no sense to me. But I do know this. Because of the way things are now, if you run up to the fence where the Israeli soldiers are at and you're slinging rocks or you've got a... Uh, whatever in your hand, I mean, you're going to be shot at. You're, something's going to happen to you. So I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know who's to blame. But and, and I think this is a cover for some of the militants in the Middle East. But, yeah, when you have the families gather about a half a mile away from the fence and then you get some of the rioters go close enough to the fence to throw Molotov cocktails and then you get some that even actually rush towards the fence, fence violence is going to happen 
and it's you can't just black or white say this person's right and this person's wrong. It doesn't work that way. The whole thing is convoluted beyond measure. Right. Um, now, look, I agree with you that the Israel-Palestine thing is an incredibly complex topic, and I hope that we're going to get a point, get to a point in the bullshit filter where we do it as a series, because mm-hmm. it's something I, I, you know, I've read a lot about over the years, but I want to read more, I want to learn more, I want to study sure. the history of it in more detail. But um, obviously, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of a number of bad things happening uh, around the world. I mean, what's going on with the Saudis and the Yemenis and obviously in Syria that we've we've talked about for 25 hours. But um, you would think that an escalation um, in the violence between the two, where you actually have video um, right. of unarmed teenagers being gunned down by Israeli snipers, um, is something that should be investigated by the United Nations Security Council. And why won't it be? Um, because the US used their veto to block an investigation by the Security Council. Exactly. So when you, have, when you have a situation where the Security Council can't even get involved in the Israel-Palestine thing because the US blocks it, you, we, we've got a problem. Right. Now, who is in the right and who is in the wrong? Was the protest peaceful? Was it violent? The Israelis are claiming, I think, that the protesters were fired first or that they were trying to plant bombs at the fence. Uh, For people who haven't read the story, it was about uh, 40,000 people, I think, initially. Mm -hmm. This is uh, about a week ago, end of March. About 40,000 people. Uh, Palestinians approached uh, a a fence along the Gaza Strip border. Um, They claimed it was a peaceful demonstration. The Israelis claimed that it was a violent demonstration. Um, The Israelis claimed that the uh, protesters fired at soldiers or tried to lay explosives near the fence. The... um, the, the, the Palestinians claim that's bullshit, it was a peaceful protest and that they were just fired upon. Um, and again, it's one of these situations like Russia versus the United States. Uh, you know, I assume both sides are po- quite possibly lying. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because yeah, why not? I mean, they're all trying to play on public sentiment. So I think it's a... It's a Again, a mistake here is to automatically believe one side or the other. Exactly. Even if you are um, anti-Israel, as I am, I mean, I, I do think that Israel um, is a bad was a bad idea, not in and of itself, but taking the way it half was, of Palestine yeah, yeah. and the way it was handled. Yeah, it was badly badly executed. Um, and I think the way the uh, Israelis have conducted themselves uh, since then has been appalling. And, you know, there's like 200 fucking resolutions against Israel by the United Nations mm-hmm. General Assembly that have been ignored. Uh, the actions against them in the Security Council have been blocked continuously by the United States for decades. Um and uh, but even in that situation, like I say, listen, I, I don't believe anything that comes out of the Palestinians either. We we desperately need the engagement of 
an independent third party, a neutral body to sort this whole situation out. And that's what the UN was created for by President Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. But as we've talked about in great length, both in the Syria series and the Cold War series, it's not uh, allowed to work in the way that it should work because either Russia, China, or the US typically is uh, one of the three out of the five permanent members uh, vetoing the fuck out of uh, actions involving uh, the... the, Their allies. (sighs) Yeah, they're allies, people yeah. where they have a vested interest. So we desperately need reform of the Security Council. Where's that conversation <laughs> happening? I know we talked about this in Syria show and the Cold War show, I think. There, there, there have been calls to uh, re-engineer the Security Council in particular, get rid of the veto or at least limit the ability of the permanent members to use their vetoes. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just not a thing that you hear politicians talking about a lot. Yeah. Well, like we've said a billion times in the ep- in the uh, podcast, those who are in power want to maintain the power, and they're certainly not going to allow something to, to go through that would weaken or take away their power. And that's, that's the way it's always been. So, yeah, I think that's uh, one of the conversations we should be forced, trying to force our politicians to have is how are you going to fix a security council? Um, you know, when we're, when we're looking at... These situations with with Syria, Saudi Arabia and Yemen, Saudi Arabia and Qatar, uh, where we're looking at uh, the the Israel and Palestine thing, like these these could be solved if the United Nations was, well, the Security Council was A, funded appropriately. Mm -hmm. I mean, it shouldn't be NATO that's running around doing stuff in Europe. It should be the Security Council that's doing that. Um, if it's funded properly and if uh, we, we get rid of the veto. Yeah, it's, it's got to be re- revamped, reworked, so there can actually be dialogue, discussion, compromise, and action taken on those discussions. Just um, last couple of quick stories. In um, the Jacobin magazine, I saw a story last week. Here's who the Democrats want you to vote for this November. Millionaires, mediocrities, and militarists, a sneak preview of the Democratic Party's new fall lineup. <laughs> I didn't recognize you know, we, any Democrats in that list. Yeah, look, we, you know, we talk about this a lot. Um, the Democrats aren't a left party anymore in the US. They're, they're, they're not a progressive party. Um, they're a centre-right, maybe to the right of centre party these days. Mm-hmm. Um, here's, here's a quick list of some of the people uh, in this article. And Kirkpatrick from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a, a deficit hawk, um, but joined Republicans to extend the Bush tax cuts. Um publicly railed against Wall Street greed while at the same time voting against the Dodd-Frank financial regulation bill. Years later, she voted to weaken them. Uh, She's been a foe of environmental regulations. She opposed the EPA's attempt to regulate greenhouse gases and supported a controversial Arizona mining project that environmentalists were worried about and was going to wreck the local environment. Um, So... Classic here, saying one thing in public mm-hmm. and then voting differently behind the scenes. Um, Jason Crow from Colorado, he's a lawyer and a veteran yeah. fought in Iraq and Afghanistan. 
Um, he publicly said he wasn't going to accept corporate PAC money, came out hard against his Republican opponent for taking tens of thousands of dollars from the gun lobby, said that he does nothing because of the money that he takes and the people that he's loyal to. Mm. But where does Crow get his money from? His top contributor is the law firm where he's a partner, <laughs> Holland and Hart, which also happens to do lobbying for a large list of uh, corporate clients, including the American Gaming Association, a whole bunch of mining and fossil fuel Jeez. companies. And he was against um, the gun control after the Aurora shooting that... And I'm and I'm embarrassed to admit this. I had to go back and look that one up back in 2012, and uh, when the in the movie theater where the Dark Knight rises. So again, he's saying one thing, but he uh, he's he's against any kind of gun control. Even after there's a shooting in his own state, 12 people were killed. I think 70 others were injured. Um, so it was just again a massacre. So he's saying one thing, accusing his opponent of another thing, while doing his own thing, and somehow that's supposed to be okay. Yeah. So there's a whole list here um, that you should take a look at, jacobinmag.com. If you're an American, you're going to be voting uh, in the midterms. Yeah. But this is, you know, this is just a, a classic thing that people need to understand about the Democrat versus Republican um, p- political theatre that happens in the United States today. And it's, it's the same pretty much around the world. I mean, I think Jeremy Corbyn is different. Mm-hmm. I think he's the real deal. I think Bernie Sanders is the real deal. Elizabeth Warren is the real deal. Yeah. Um, in Australia, we don't really have a prominent left politician mm. in our major left party, the Labor Party, anymore. We do have in the Greens that are um, relatively um, successful minor party uh, in Australia at the moment. But you know, we don't really have uh, um, uh, 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 major left parties uh, functionally active mm-hmm. in the West these days. Um, and the Democrats are a classic example. So whenever I catch up with American friends and they go, well, I'm a progressive, I'm a progressive, and I vote Democrat. I'm like, no, you're not a fucking progressive. If you voted for Clinton, you're not a progressive. Yeah. Fuck off, because she's not progressive, right? Right. Major, marginally, marginally progressive. Like, Comparatively, on a, yeah. On a, on a scale of one to hundred, she gets like a five. Now the Republicans get a minus three. So yeah, by comparison, that's progressive. That's what we got, but not not really progressive. Yeah. And then they have a bunch of you. Well, you know, you ha- if you want to get elected, you can't be too progressive in this country. Oh, God. Really? Yeah. Right. It's like you know. So it's it's this whole lesser of two evils argument that, that admittedly Noam Chomsky makes. Look, vote for the lesser of two evils. Fine. But just acknowledge that you are voting for evil right. in the first place and then ask what do we do about that to try and avoid having to do that the next time around. Right. Um, anyway, <sighs> so that's that going on. And the last thing, I'm sure you've seen this, uh, the Sinclair script for stations. Oh, my God, that video on YouTube, word for word. Oh, my God. And if their merger goes yeah. through, they're going to control three out of four stations, local stations in the United States. That's fucking crazy. So if you haven't seen this, um, you know, jump up to our website. I'll have links to all these stories on thebullshitfilter.com, um, or you can look it up on YouTube. Sinclair Broadcast Group, I admit I'd never heard of no. before this came out. They're publicly traded, uh, publicly traded American telecommunications company. It's controlled by the family of a uh, single guy, Julian Sinclair Smith. Right. Uh, they're headquartered in Maryland. 
They're the largest television station operator in the United States by number of stations and also the largest by total coverage. Mm -hmm. They own or operate 193 stations across the country. And as you say, they're proposing a takeover at the moment, which will lift that to 233, um, covering about 40% of American households. Yeah. Um, And... So somebody put together a video, uh, a compilation video, a mashup of news hosts from these Sinclair stations talking about how scary fake news is and uh, how you got to just watch them to get the facts because right. they're going to tell you it as it really is. But they're all obviously reading from the exact same script and this clever person has edited it all together to make that quite obvious. So again, you've got to, and and obviously this is a sorry, the, this is a right based media company, right? Um, even though they carry both, like they carry all of the news channels on their network mm-hmm. at some point. So it was, they don't only carry Fox; right. they've got CBS and whoever they can buy, yeah, NBC, yeah, who are they, whoever they can get act, you know, get their feed in that particular market, yeah. Um, but uh, the, you know they're apparently a, a fairly right-based uh, media company. But that's the thing. They, they, the 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 worry here, I would say, is news anchors are prepared to take a script like this and read it and make it sound yeah. like it's their own opinion. It's their own view. Right uh, now. Anybody with half a brain knows that that's what all news anchors are doing anyway. They're they're either reading from a script or they're if they are ad libbing, it's within very very defined parameters. They know what they're allowed to say, what they're not allowed to say, what they're allowed to talk about, what they're not allowed to talk mm-hmm. about, what angle they're supposed to give about what they talk about, and if they step outside of that boundaries, they get reprimanded and fired. This happens all the time. Uh, you don't hear about it a great deal, but it happens all the time where you get journalists who, or, or, or television presenters who do the, the whole network thing, like in, on our, in our theme, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And then they disappear. Right. And I, um, I was surprised uh, that, you know, to some things like the weather, local events, they can do pretty much whatever. But there, there are some things that are must-reads that each station has. They have to must-read the script like a certain set amount of times a week. It was just absolutely crazy. There was a movie with uh, William with John Hurt. I think it was John Hurt. I'm trying to remember now. Uh, anyway, so basically they, they, they take these news reporters and they practice and they rehearse. This is how you sit. This is how you angle your head. Th- these are the words that you push in a sentence. And so you come across as completely sincere. This is you saying, trust me. I know what I'm talking about. I'm looking out for your interests. And it's nothing more than an actor. It's a skill set. They hone it and they look you right. They look right in the camera, right in your eye, and they deliver whatever they're being told to deliver. Never. What was the John Hurt film uh, you're talking well, what's, about? What's that? Oh, I can't remember. Mm. 1984? No, not maybe not. William, William Hurt. Shit, shit. William Hurt. He was a news anchor, and there was a woman who was his producer, and he was as dumb as bricks, but he was good looking. And they they put a <laughs> yeah. they put a feed in his broadcast broadcast news. There we go. Yeah, I love that. But yeah, basically, yeah. he was they just they teach these people how to present because that's all they're doing. And um, 
if you're an Australian and you've never seen it, uh, look up Frontline, the uh, TV series, comedy TV series from the 90s. Mm. Made by the, it's made by the same guys that made um, The Castle, which I'm sure you've seen. That, um, you know, it's, going, it's going straight to the pool room, love. <laughs> no, you've never seen The Castle? Fuck, man. No. Great Australian movie. Anyway. No, sorry. Um, yeah, so it, this this was in the 90s. Uh, they made, I think, three seasons. And it's a show about behind the scenes at a new show, um, like a nightly news show. Mm-hmm. And it and it shows you how fake it all is. And, and it's funny, like you look, <laughs> all the shit that they do in this TV show to lampoon, it's a satire about how fake the news is. Right. And and instead of of news shows going oh shit you're right we are fake we should fix that you would almost swear that news shows we have today in Australia use Frontline as their <laughs> fucking training module. It's like it's it's just become worse and worse and more and more fake right. over the years and scripted. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, it, it, even if you're not in Australia, if you can. Track that down somewhere on DVD or on a streaming site somewhere. Try and get Frontline, one word, um, from the Australian. It's, it's, it stands up. I watched it a few years ago again, and uh, it holds up really well. I mean, mm. it, it looks like something that was made in the mid-'90s, but in terms of the content and the humour, it's, it's fucking spot on about how fake – uh, and engineered our news is so check that out. But yeah, no, check out the Sinclair broadcast video oh as my God. well. Um, yeah, I think I'll put a I'll put a I'll put a clip to it, like a, a trailer or some clips from Frontline from YouTube uh, in the show notes. So again, go to thebullshitfilter.com if you want to have a nice. look at what I'm talking about. I can't wait to check that out. Okay, so uh, that's the end of the show for today, folks. Bullshit filter the news official episode number one. Fucking done for April the 9th. 2018. Uh, this is going to be a, a free show moving forward. It's going to be on our free feed, um, as opposed to our big series that that right. sort of there's some free, there's some premium. We're going to put this out as a free one because it doesn't take a lot of work for us to do. We're just turning on the mic and talking, um, and we might do it live or we might move it to video. I'm keen to do something on YouTube like this. Might be a test ground for video. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, if, if you want to listen to the rest of these. Um, just go to thebullshitfilter.com, click on the free feed there, and that's it. You'll get one every week, Monday-ish, and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Tuesday, depending on where you live and what how long it takes Ray to fucking edit it because he's got a dog. <laughs> got a doggy. Apparently takes his priorities. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Shit.